Welcome in. It's been a busy week here for Illinois Athletics. It's the Illini Inquirer podcast, episode three. This is Jeremy Warner. I'm back after Isaac Trotter and Derek Piper did uh, last week. Well done, by the way, boys. Thanks. You guys are good. That was really fun. I enjoyed right. that one. I thought we did well. Just get the audio right this time as far as volume. People <laughs> right. had to adjust their... Not, not the audio engineer quite yet. No, but we'll get that. Uh, we'll get that fixed. You guys did great. Um, been a great response to this podcast. We really appreciate everyone. Uh, if Whether you're subscribing, whether you're just downloading us, wherever you can find us. We're on Apple Podcasts. I believe we're on all those other places that people Spotify, find Spotify, you can get them everywhere. Yeah, there's other places, podcast things I don't even know about. I'm too old to know about that people get it at. So uh, appreciate all you guys subscribing. Rate us, review us if you can on, on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. Uh, but it's been very popular so far, so we really appreciate that. And boy, we got a lot to talk about today. We'll do our Illini of the week. We'll talk some NBA draft because it is Wednesday afternoon, so we're a day before the NBA draft. We'll kind of do an Illini focus, which means we'll talk about next year's possibilities for the most part. Uh, but there's a lot of news to get to, boys, this week. So is there anything else you want to hit on? Like any Isaac, thank you for not dying in your car crash yeah that was car crash yeah so okay yeah. fun story <laughs> fun story two nights ago coming home from bloomington i'm by leroy i got a semi on my right and a deer decides to jump right in front of me so i can't sh- mm-hmm. go to my right or i'm gonna smash my car into a semi so i hit a deer going 75 miles an hour destroys my front end had guts speeding. all over speeding yeah, seriously. That was probably a good choice between the deer and the semi, though. Which right. One, which it one was. to hit? It was. So the car is totaled. I'll be going through the lovely process that is car buying oh, yet I, again. Mm-hmm. I was a couple months away from paying off the car, too. So Is that the top life-threatening moment of your life? No, absolutely not. So actually, one time when I was younger, I was crossing the street, and somebody ran a red light and flew across over when I was about nine and about and rear-ended somebody, about got me, too, there, too. So Wow. That was that was pretty Dang, crazy, man. Piper, you got what's yours? Well, mine was a car crash in Ann Arbor. Oh, that's got, right. Got hit by a semi. Oh my god. Putting a putting a ditch. Man. Yeah. What's up with us and car crashes? I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't had it on the job yet, and I've driven to a lot of places. Um, mine would probably be. I was in high school. I was turning into a graduation party, going across. There was like a curve like ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I didn't see this car because the sun sun was setting. Came at me 40 miles an hour, T-boned me. I, that Life was in slow motion at that point. I'm just spinning, spinning, mm-hmm. spinning. My buddy comes after. I get out of the car. Like That was my instinct. Just get out of the car for some reason. Uh, which is probably smart because you never know if it can go on fire. I uh, just got out of the car. The other driver was someone who I knew from high school. She was a couple of years older than me. And we're just like, are you okay? Are you okay? And my buddy Jake just comes out. Water, water, are you all right? And he didn't see me in the car, so he probably thought I was right. ejected somewhere. But that was, yeah. That I was. got T-Bone 2 on campus my freshman year. Another girl ran a red light. I've had three r- pretty Man. weird ones. You drive anymore. Just <laughs> <laughs> get a personal Take driver. it easy. Yeah. Yeah. Take right. the bike on the sidewalk. All right, well, let's get into the news of the week. And again, football's kind of taking the cake here. As, uh, Illinois adds Brandon Peters, the Michigan quarterback transfer, and USC uh, wide receiver transfer, Josh Imatorbebe. Um, great name, by the way. It is Imatorbebe. His mom even said that on Twitter. We've kind of broken these guys down, like their game, what they could add, and you can read that on the site. What I wanted to do here is Illinois has added five immediately eligible transfers. Should we add Milo Eifler to the mix since he can play this year too? Yeah, we can do that. Um, yeah, since he, we can add him there too. So let's rank one through six the most impactful 
transfers for Illinois in 2019. I just want to do the 2019 version. My number one, even though I'm not sold on him as the long-term starter, is the quarterback, Brandon Peters. Me too. He just elevates your floor this year. Um, He's probably going to start multiple games. I think he gives you the best option in the non-conference to win games. Uh, Just be a game manager. Don't kill him. uh, And don't make big mistakes. Let the run game do it. Hopefully the defense improves, but he's also got a big arm that I think he can eh, rip apart some of these uh, defenses he'll be going against, whether it's UConn or Akron, whatever it is. So I still think, even if he only starts five, six games, Brandon Peters is the quarterback, so he's my number one. Yeah, I think the quarterback has the highest war on the team, right? So he just is going to impact so many things so if he is able to get even seven or eight starts he's clearly the number one transfer addition just because the need at quarterback was so huge I'm a big Isaiah Williams fan I think he's going to be a great player for Illinois in the years to come but he's small and he's not been in this system before he's never seen a college defense before that's where Brandon Peters can get you and if you're three and oh heading into Nebraska and Brandon Peters under center this offense looks pretty decent on paper right now Mm -hmm. the running game looks good the offensive line is veterans you got some wide receivers now Brandon Peters might be pretty good. He's the best passer Illinois would have had since West Lunt. That's a that's a guy that can play. Piper, who starts more games? Peters or Isaiah Williams? Uh Isaiah Williams. Good yeah. call. I think, <laughs> even though I'm still picking Brandon Peters at number one, <laughs> because you're it's the most important ad and the most important position in football. And he finally get someone in that quarterback room that's played games in the Big Ten. So uh, I actually like him. I, I like what he's shown as far as being able to make manageable throws. Uh, I think that he raises your floor, obviously, as we talked a lot about. But, uh, yeah, I think Isaiah, and, and that's going to be a good thing for Illinois football if Isaiah is that ready to yes. play. But even if Isaiah gets dinged up in a game or has to miss a week, you have that guy that you can fall back on who – is decent. I don't understand the Illini fan that gets defensive about Illinois adding Peters. Like, oh, it's about Isaiah. Well, if he's good enough, he's going to be the starter. Rod's not going to be like, yeah, well, we added Brandon Peters just and we told him he could start. So, yeah, even though Isaiah's better, we're not going to play him. Listen, Rod prefers a guy like Isaiah, as he's told us many times. He wants a quarterback who makes a defensive coordinator gasp 80 times a game, right? And Brandon Peters doesn't do that. Um, now, I think Brandon Peters has more mobility than Wes Lunt, but there are some similarities with his arm. Some people in Michigan say he didn't take command of the huddle, and I think Wes Lunt was that way too. I think Isaiah is more of a natural alpha dog, even though he doesn't talk a lot. He's just got that swagger about him. He obviously can run, but this is a guy that if, if Isaiah Williams isn't ready or if he gets hurt, you have another guy, and you'll have to turn to Matt Peter or Matt Robinson, who they don't think is ready quite yet. So this is a good addition for Illinois, even if it's just a depth piece yeah, or the backup. It's a no risk, high reward move. You have no risk by bringing Brandon Peters in for two weeks and or two years. And if he's really good, well, then you got a really good piece right mm-hmm. here, right? And if he's if he isn't, and Isaiah Williams is better, great. You move on, and Isaiah Williams plays. That's fine. It it's just one of those situations where you had to make a move like this just because of depth, because Matt Robinson's not ready. I don't think Karan Taylor is ready. And and if you were going into the season where your three quarterbacks had six com- combined pass attempts at the college level. One of them an interception. Right. <laughs> you are the worst quarterback room in the Big Ten. Maybe power five. Right. Maybe. Oh, it was all dependent on, on Isaiah Williams, right? So, yeah, I mean, this is this is a smart addition. For a, lot of, a lot of fans should be thrilled about Isaiah Williams and his upside and everything, but he doesn't have to wear number two if he's not QB1 on week one. Yeah. Like, you can love that guy and still, you know, his future and everything. And if Brandon Peters is your guy for the first couple of games or first half of the season, or if he's good the whole season, yeah, not a bad thing. Number two, 
Isaac, who would you have number two on your impact transfers? I'm between two guys. Me too. I'm going Trayvon Sidney here. Okay. Because that slot receiver is so absolutely vital in Rod Smith's scheme. And you talk to the guys at USC, they'll tell you he, they think he's going to be a star. You see his highlights on there with those one-handed grabs. Okay, I'm, I'm all in, right? And I think Trayvon Sidney could be that guy that comes in and gets you, and maybe he gets you 35 or 40 catches. And that could be your leading wide receiver this so far this year. And Illinois struggled so much last year in the past game. Now you add a guy like Trayvon Sidney who's more talented maybe he's the Mikey Dudek of the Illinois offense that you so desperately need and that's a piece that's so so valuable slightly more than an offensive lineman yeah I mean it's between Pettit Bond who's gonna start right Richie Pettit Bond or it's Trayvon Sidney I have to stick up for my offensive lineman. He's going to play every snap. He's, you know he's going to be the starter. So I'm going to go it's with Richie Pettit. I get it. Because, because he's an offensive lineman. But I got to say, after seeing him in the spring, I thought he got better as it went on. It's a completely different offense, completely different blocking style. But I wasn't as impressed. Like He didn't look like former top 100 prospect no. to me. He looked like serviceable guard, better than what Illinois your has. Your fifth best starter. Yeah, maybe your fourth best starter if, that, if that's the case. I think he's definitely got a higher ceiling than some of those guys. And he just gives you a, a year of where Virtus Brown doesn't have to start or Keevan Myers doesn't have to start because neither of those guys are ready. Um, or you don't have to put in Jake Cerny at tackle and move Palczewski to guard, right? Like. That that's you don't have a to play walk on and Jake Stover. I think that's a huge impact for Illinois. So I do think Trayvon Sidney is going to be the best, most impactful wide receiver. Um, I think yes, that slot target, the guy who can make something out of nothing, the guy who can just catch the ball and get open. Uh, I think that'll make a huge impact. But I'll go Pettibon too because I got to stick up for my offensive lineman and Sidney three. I'm following along with Sidney at two. Uh, I just feel better about the offensive line group as a whole to where the need at receiver is higher for Sidney. And to put him in the slot, as Isaac mentioned, that's manageable throws for either for an offense I don't think is going to take a ton of downfield shots. And if you're getting in third and manageable, which you think you can with your running game, whether it's Brandon Peters or Isaiah Williams, especially for a young quarterback, that over-the-middle guy is, and you wanted Luke Ford to be it at mm-hmm. tight end, but Trayvon Sidney can provide a ton of value there. He actually played last season versus Imator Bebe, who's coming off the ankle injury. So I'm going Sidney at two. Would Ford be higher than Pettitbon or Sidney for you guys? I would have Ford three for me. I would have Peters one, Sidney two, Ford three. That's I think I'd right. have him four. Okay. Because I, I think he'd make a big impact. I just... He's not going to play as many snaps, and I wasn't expecting Ford to light the world on fire. Uh, I just, I just don't, I don't have any confidence in the sixth or seventh offensive lineman. I, I just don't. I, I have some confidence that Daniel Barker can make an impact. Right. No, I, I get that, and that's why I have Pettibon at three. And it would have been a close discussion there. Yeah. I just think that Ford is such a, he's such a polarizing guy, and you just want, you just see his he's body. A, he's six, a, he's six, a dude, right? Right. He's <laughs> six six two fifty. You go, oh boy, you can do some fun things there, and the third down value and through the roof. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to happen. Anyway, number three for me is Pettit Bond. For all the things you mentioned about getting to play every snap, it's huge. I think one thing to, to really come into this is just to have just some perspective on him. He's not going to be an Alabama guy. He's not your number one offensive lineman. In training camp or in, in spring ball, he was your number five. I think he'll get better. I think what we saw in spring ball is a guy who's learning a system who doesn't really know what's going on. He's going to improve. And if he is just serviceable, that's fine. But he's not going to be able to replace Nick Allegretti. Nick Allegretti was one of the best at his at his job last year. Yeah, what you hope is Kendrick Green becomes your Nick Allegretti. Exactly. And that Pauczewski solidifies himself as an NFL draft prospect. 
Who would you guys have number four, Derek? I actually have number three, Owali Batiku. Ooh! Ooh I like it. There because you, you need impact players on defense. I like how Isaac and I both like, ooh! <laughs> ooh! It was like genuine right there. A uh, little surprise in there. A little surprise. Roundtree last year, obviously, uh, learned more about him with Josh Whitman. But eight and a half sacks for him. No one other than him last year had two sacks at all. Like, didn't even get to two sacks. We had one and a half sacks, one sack. So you need it someone. Was bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> it was bad. So you need someone on that defensive line to get after the quarterback. This is a defense that brings back a decent amount. At the same time, it's a defense that was horrible last year. So I think for this team to be a bowl team to reach where they want to go, you need more defensive playmakers. And I think he's got to be one of them. If he's not, if he's down the list at the end of the season as far as impact, I don't think Illinois has the season they want. Yeah, and um, I mean Illinois returns so much on defense. What do they return that's proven? None. With Roundtree gone? No. Right? Like it's I think Nate Hobbs has proven himself as a starting cornerback. Right. And you know, I think he can be really good. Stanley Green has proven himself as a rotational safety. I like Sidney Brown at safety and Tony Adams is a good defensive back wherever he lines up. Tony Adams has barely played. Like right. you know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of games in his career. Uh, I like Jamal Woods. I I think Jamal Milan, when healthy, is a solid Big Ten starter. Jake Hansen has proved a little bit, but he still has a lot of room to grow. Yeah, he proved that he can tackle people. Yeah. Right? Can can he cover people and can he make plays behind the line of scrimmage? Not against uh, Kent State, a 2-10 and ten team. That, that team went 2-10, and ten, by the way. Yeah, this <laughs> defense is... Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, game, that game was horrible. That was Scary. so ugly. That was so ugly. I had to cover that one by myself, I think, right? Yeah. Were you down in no, St. Piper Louis? Was there I, I was there. Yeah, you were there. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, I was watching I'll never ba- forget. I was watching better football that day. I was watching Trinity against East St. Louis. That's, that's, that's awesome. a bad Triple thing. Triple overtime. <laughs> it was awesome. No, yeah, uh, so you went number three, Wally Batiku? I did. Okay, so I have him a little bit lower, but I don't hate the roll of the dice there because you look at that guy. High upside pick there, Piper. Oh, yeah, but you look at that guy walking into the gym at the arc oh my <laughs> god he just like he just fills yeah. the room all right so who do you have number four Isaac? i have immature Bebe, just because i think he's going to get on the field a lot as that third wide receiver you see his vertical at 48 inches it's unlike any wide receiver illinois has there and i think the drop off between the third wide receiver and the fourth wide receiver is massive because you're talking especially on the outside you're talking trenard davis here yep and there's no upside there casey with that guy. washington Delvon Campbell. I mean, I guess we should throw Edwin Carter's name Caleb out there. Reams. Yeah. Really Caleb Reams. Really, probably has a better guy, chance yeah. to play than Casey he can Washington. Block. Right, because yeah, he can block. I would go Imator Bebe for. Um, just you don't have a physical presence like that. I, I've said it before, but I think he's the most impressive physical prospect, probably along with Malik Turner, though I think he's a better athlete. Um, and Malik was a really good athlete. But probably since Regis Ben. I mean, just a guy put together like that, vertical like that, just a, a man uh, amongst boys. Uh, you don't have that, but he's very unproven. I, I hear he's a good route runner. He's a really impressive kid. When I talk to him on the phone, you could tell. Like I'm, I'm so used to talking to 19 and 20 year olds here recently. You can tell like he's a mature, uh, really intelligent kid. So I think that's gonna. Be, I think he's gonna be a great blocker. Um, and also a guy that can just kind of get the back shoulder catch that Illinois didn't have last year. So, yeah, I'll go with Eamon Torbebe at four just because of the need. I, I've, I've really no question I'll start. I have Pettibon at four, everything you guys already yeah. said. I mean, as far as the backbone of your team is the run running game, and, and I agree with what you said. You don't want to dip into that next level on the offensive line and really have an uncertainty piece there. So uh, as far as being a starter uh, with a position group that's experienced, is veteran, uh, I, I like him as uh, Richie Pettibon at number four. Number five, I'm going Batiku over Eifler. Me too. Um which is weird because coming into the spring, I thought Eifler would be most one of the most important guys on the defense. But after watching Dele Harding 
practice and how good he was and how much the staff trusts him. He's the leader of that defense. So I just don't think the snaps are going to be there on defense. I think he'll play. I think I4 will play. Maybe it'll be 30% of the snaps or whatever. I think Batiku will probably play a little bit more than that. I still think he's a rotational guy. He's still really raw. He doesn't. Uh, he hasn't proven anything in the field. Uh, he's got a lot of injuries, but with Roundtree's injury, uh, I think it's going to be him and Isaiah Gay battling for that spot opposite Owen Carney, who's more solid. I still think Isaiah Gay might have the higher ceiling next year, um, but he's got to put it all together. So um, I, I think both give you a burst you need. Batiku's obviously a uh, bigger dude, but Gay has gotten bigger. I, I There's a lot of unknown at defensive end, and I think – Batiku obviously has the physicality, the athleticism, but we haven't seen him play football yet. Yeah, that's the thing. I have Batiku at 5'2", only because the linebackers I can trust more, and then I can at defensive end. Listen, let's think about the defensive ends that are probably going to be playing for Illinois this year. You have Owen Carney, injury history. Isaiah Gay, injury history. Wally Batiku, injury Mm -hmm. history. Larry Oladipo, injury history. Jamal Woods, injury history. (laughs) You got five, those are your five top five defensive ends right now. And they all have massive... And some freshmen. In, right. And, and then, of course, the freshmen coming in that you don't really want to count on because they look so young and immature and they're just their, their body just aren't there. So... Apollo's is. is there. Yeah. His is there, but he still looks he still looks a little bit slender like, than others, Like when right? you compare him to like Loreo Adipo, right. who's been here for three years. Yeah, yeah, there's a difference. There's a massive difference. So with all of these injuries and with all, all, so much youth and after Bobby's there, I just think that there's an opportunity at defensive end for Patiku that isn't quite there at linebacker for Eifler. And and if Patiku comes in and lights the world on fire and, and it is that guy opposite there, that, that makes the loss of Bobby a little bit easier for this defensive staff to take to heart. But Batiku has the body, he has the frame, he has everything you want on a defensive end. He's just got to do it. And I think Austin mm-hmm. Clark here will have a really big job in front of him over the next two years to teach him and mold him into what he needs to be. And it'll be diff- it'll be really interesting to see him go from 3-4 outside linebacker, yes. edge rusher, to 4-3 hand-in-the-ground defensive end. Piper, you got five. Number five, following along the trend of injury history, I got Josh Bebe, who has the ankle injury last year. He only has two career catches does he still have the 47-inch vertical that we saw you know, coming out of high school? I need when he's a, healthy, he's probably... I need a video, Lou. I need to see it again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 6'2", on the outside, big physical. I think he feels, obviously, a need. He's going to be on the football field if he's yeah. healthy. Uh, I have Sydney higher because I think the slot position is just more natural fit with the quarterback and, and what you have as far as downfield versus over the middle passing. What is the best vertical jump you guys have ever had? Like the best moment? Because he, he's floating in that video that, that goes viral. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 5'9". You guys are over 6'2 each, right? Like Isaac 6'3". Yeah, the best six vertical. 6'2 and a half, six yeah. Two. I've never been one to brag about you know what I mean like have I don't you guys know, dunked I, yeah I have the I two. did senior in high school at Centennial the rim might have been bent down a little bit and what's what's it not like? the main not the main <laughs> hoop as, as a 5'9 <laughs> athletic or non-athletic white boy what's it like guys tell me a story about what it's like to dunk <laughs> okay so okay so my senior year I hadn't dunked at all the entire senior year my dad was really on me to dunk I get a steal I go up there's a picture of me with my hand above the rim to dunk it and I get tackled from the hut behind oh. and the ball like ricochets off things so I got it I had two free throws of course my dad was furious about it so I never got a dunk down in the game but I got it in practice multiple times so like it, in, in live scrimmage practice yeah 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 in live scrimmage that's, that's pretty fine. cool 
I got mine in PE class <laughs> yeah. on one of the side rims. It may not have been official. And some freshman. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling good after, you know, weight training earlier in the week. Explosion. One-handed or two-handed? It was one. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 more impressive than two-handed in my – like, two-handed's harder, yeah. but a one-handed dunk looks way cooler than a two-handed dunk. Yeah. You got to palm the ball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you can brag. I'm embarrassed to even brag about that. Yeah. Number six, I had I for. You guys Me going too. with I yeah, for Yeah, I for at six. And that's the thing, though. That's it's not a bad thing no. that I six. Like, I mean, think of this. These are like all top 35 players on your team next year. Right, right. I mean, think of where my projection for this team, I don't know how much it changes, but boy, I, I'd be thinking four and eight, possibly three and nine without these transfers that are coming. The wide receiver group would have been uncompetitive in the Big Ten outside of Ricky Smalling to me. Uh, the quarterback group, possibly worse than the, the worst in the Big Ten. Art Sikowski's pretty bad at Rutgers. But the offensive line is as thin as any group in the Big Ten. The defensive end spot, huge concern. Linebacker, not a lot of depth that is uh, experienced. That This changes the team. They did a really good job on the transfer market. Not including Brandon Peters. If you could pick one and say, no, he's a stud, which one impacts or changes the win-loss the most for Illinois? Sydney. I think Sydney probably makes the biggest plays. Yeah. yeah. I think he probably makes the biggest plays. It's just Pettit Bond, uh, I just think, gives you so much stability at a position yeah. that would have been scary without him. You're right. You're right about that. Like, I love, the, I love the four. And then to add him as a fifth, just serviceable, I can put him in, and I can feel good about our offense. They feel great about their front five. Right. Um, so you could tell they feel much more at ease with that. Yeah, I'd probably go dress Trayvon Sutton just because if he's a star, if he is – I, I hate to bring this name up, well, but he's a Rondale Moore type of player. Put some respect on uh, Donnie Navarro's right, name, yeah, all right? That's right, that's right, that's right. Jordan Holmes is going to get after me if I, if I don't give him any love on here. But if he is your Rondale Moore a little bit, even if he just gives you a little bit of what Rondale Moore did, 80% of what Rondale Moore did there at Purdue, that's an awesome piece that Illinois hasn't had. And that may, and to be honest here, Jeff Thomas is supposed to come to Illinois too. That would have been a piece that's a, a game changer. Maybe Trayvon Sidney can be just like that. You said Sydney 80% of Moore. What if Patiku's 80% of Roundtree? I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. I mean, he, he, he's he got definitely... I'm not saying he's going to be. No, you definitely... He's got the upside of maybe being even more impactful than Peters. Right. I mean, if he's a six or eight sack guy... That's huge. That's number two on this yeah. list. Like, my expectations for him isn't that. Like, my expectation for Peters is to start games. My expectation for Sydney is to possibly lead this team in receptions. Wale Batiku over under sacks. Two and a half. <sighs> That's probably a decent, like you know what I mean. Like I don't have a high expectation. I'll probably go over that. I just because I think look physically. at their non-conference schedule. Yeah, that's I, true. I think the you Isaiah should be Gay able sacks. to. Yeah, <laughs> like you got his freshman. Let's year. be honest too. Owen Carney got two two and a half sacks. I think last year, one and a half, two and a half sacks yeah. last year. One of those is because he touched a quarterback when it's down. So it's not <laughs> right. that hard to get a sack. Sometimes you get a lucky one. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, they did a good job in the transfer market. All right. The other big news: Josh Whitman had his media roundtable on Tuesday. I was there, but it, you guys who weren't there. Like what stuck out to you when you got the news of what he said? I and and by the way, I want to give credit to Whitman for doing this every year. I think it's very important to talk to fans about the big issues. Uh, he's always been accessible um, for the most part, and I think he's he has been very accessible. And I think it's always good for him to get his message out. Uh, and I think it's great that he does this every year with us. Talking about hockey was cool. Talking about the United Center not being there, I kind of expected some of those things. It's the, the right move. Yeah, exactly. The Can't real be embarrassed anymore. It's just embarrassing. Yeah, up at United Center. 
the real biggest thing that stood out to me was that Lovey Smith was sleeping in Bobby Roundtree's room. We would never get that information anywhere else. No Lovey way. would never say There's it. There's no way. The um, staff wouldn't have even told us that. The staff is very guarded right now. They, they've been advised not to say anything, and I understand that. Um, I know people want to know every detail about Bobby because you care. You, mm-hmm. you, want, you want to know about this kid, and you want to know how serious it is, know that he's going to be okay, but the family's being private about it. He's obviously got a long road to recovery, and I, I don't think people should think about a football career. It's just about can Bobby live his life as a student? Can, can he live his life you know, happily going forward. But Whitman telling you that your coach is sleeping in a ho- in a hospital room with your star defensive end says a lot about Lovey Smith as a person, as a man, and the culture that you've created here at Illinois. You're millionaire, like you're yeah. rich coach. And people have kind of accused Lovey for being aloof sometimes, and he's not really around with some of the fans and everything. You cannot accuse Lovey for not caring about his players. Yeah, he's always been known, even at the professional level, as being a high character coach, and obviously learning about all the details surround or all the details that are available right now surrounding Bobby Roundtree. Uh, first and foremost, hockey is still interesting. It's not maybe as close as everyone thought. Though I, he said it's it's he's been very close to announcing right, a couple true. times. But I think the things that have changed are the bill went up, mm-hmm. and they want to own the building now. So I think that those kind of things, and plus. Boy, that's a lot of money to raise. And they've been raising a ton of money. I mean, how for often football, can you go back to that? I mean, $80 million for football facility, $30 million for a basketball facility, $8 million for baseball, what, $3 million for softball, right. $20 million for track and, and soccer. I mean, that's he, a lot of money. He's got to engage a lot of people. And kudos to him for making it a possibility. Howard Milton, too, needs a yeah, ton of props. He's great at his yes, job. Yes, we got to give all those people credit. But Josh's vision and people following it and being able to raise this kind of money. Mike Thomas told Lon and I five years ago, it's not, it can't happen. And the fact that you now have a guy who's seemingly really close, or at least in the red zone of accomplishing in that, that's what he's kind of changed here is we can accomplish things. Like we, can't, we shouldn't just say, nope, can't happen here. Like he's, he's changed that. And I know he's got to get guys to win, but I still believe in the guy. I, I think his, his vision and, and really his action uh, has been really impressive. He just needs his two main coaches to win some games. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he's been bold. He's been aggress- aggressive. Uh, I don't fault him for, for any of that. I know that some would be skeptical of, well, this these plans are announced. When are they actually going to happen? Because you got all of this that you got to pull together. But, yeah, he says he's close and everyone's excited, especially for hockey and everything else. Any little thing that came out of it? that you guys were uh, interested in. I, I thought some of the interesting things, like they're going to have a fan deck where Coach the, the Lovey's office is. There's a little patio on the side. What would that be? That would be the northeast side of the stadium right next to the student section. Students are going to be able to like have a bar there, have grills there. You can watch the game from there. I'll be leaving the press box <laughs> over there. I can cover it. Sounds like well. an awesome time. Right, it does. That'd be really fun. Um I think one other thing that came out was the Luke Ford discussion was yeah. interesting. I think to me, he said he was really frustrated with that. He talks about how transfer reform needs to happen. And and if Josh Whitman is, can lead the charge for transfer reform, that would be huge because, let's be honest, these athletic directors, these chancellors, this these universities need to come together to do that if they really want change. Mm-hmm. That's kind of another thing that came out to me, hopefully – Luke Ford's decision can kind of be that spark or maybe that last final straw where we can get some major transfer reform where either you have to sit out a whole year, no doubt, or you get that one free transfer. Derek, I want to ask you, how many years before we get a United Center game again, do you think? Uh, Probably three. That was the same number in my head. Yeah, I think you get back to the NCAA tournament and get people excited and you can actually bring in a pretty attractive opponent and people show up. 
Yeah. What type of opponent would you want there? Are you talking like a Kansas, um, a Duke, North Doesn't Carolina? Doesn't necessarily stuff? have to be. It could be a Florida. Uh huh. I, I would like, be like interested. a Memphis would be kind of cool. Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now. Well, yeah, that would. I always said Marquette, Illinois Marquette should do it That'd for be a year. But uh, obviously, that, that was when they were just struggling to find any kind of opponent. I think they could bring in Arizona here. Yeah, like in the future, I think you could have that game there. Uh, it'll be interesting if it's a return game because those could be intriguing. But then also, I think Brad has said he wants the returns to actually be home and homes. If you can, if, if yeah. programs are willing to agree with that, play those in your home environments. But yeah, I think that anywhere a top thirty program that you can bring in, not a New Mexico State, yes. no New Mexico State, not <laughs> no, nah, no, no, UIC, done with that. No, you're not. Don't give up horrible. a home Big Ten game against Ohio State to go up there and play in front of four thousand people. You can wait cool. twenty five years for DePaul to get good again. Oh, there you go. DePaul. At the time, did you guys like the idea Ohio State? I didn't really. I thought at the time tr- I did. I thought it made the most sense as far as the Big Ten schedule. If you were trying to save the game, I I thought it was worth a try. But it just blew up in their face. I thought there'd be way more fans. The midweek hurt. Yes. And then... It was an early game, too, right? I it was an early midweek. It just it didn't work out. Had they lost... Um, they lost a lot of... Quite a bit of games. Right. They lost... three Maui. Yeah. They lost another game by then, or was yes. that after? Yes, yeah, they did. They had lost that one. Did they lose their worst game of the season? I no, forgot what the one was. Not yet. FAU? Yeah. That was later in December. Okay. It was a bad stretch of game. That was there. right at Christmas, mm-hmm. like December 29th. It was, after, was it after Mizzou? Yeah. Yeah, right before Big Ten play. All right, let's stick with uh, basketball. A um, couple of recruiting bits there. Uh, they can now call 2021 kids so they can bother them. Derek, does it matter <laughs> to call them at 12.01 on the first day? They I'll agree play? with Brian Snow in saying <laughs> probably not. I would be interested. At, this is a story that I'm interested in maybe doing sometime. I don't know if it'll work out, but anonymously asking – well, players would be anonymous, asking them the craziest like recruiting stories as far as when did you get a call or when did a mm-hmm. coach try to talk to you, what were you doing, and how annoying is that? I, I think it's important to let the the player know that you're a big priority for us, getting the calls in early. But does 12.01 versus 10 o'clock the next morning matter that much? I mean, the guys are either, I don't know if they're trying to sleep, but they're probably playing 2K or <laughs> texting their girlfriend or something. They don't need to be talking to coaches then. Yeah, so 2021, you put out a list of your top five. Uh, targets in the class of 2021. Give me the most realistic. Bryce Hopkins, my guy, love him from Fenwick. I, I love him. He, he he was awesome this spring with a lot of love Lee. on this podcast. There's a lot of love. Yeah, <laughs> he's not yet ranked nationally. Uh, although remember that Taylor Horton Tucker wasn't ranked very early on. EJ Liddell, it took a while for him to get into the top 100. He's a big-bodied forward that can handle, you know, be a three slash four. Illinois has been in. Early worked that one uh, really well. I just love his upside as far as the skill level that he has, ability to score, his his size. He's going to be, as an upperclassman in the state, as productive as anybody. The thing is, is that me and Piper have the same type of people that we like on the floor. Like, we like the long, athletic, rangy, good shooters, could get to the rim. The dunkers. guys Illinois hasn't had. <laughs> right. That's what we like. That's the player that we like. So every yep. time that Piper's like, oh, man, I just love Taylor Norton Tucker. I'm on the other side being like, yeah, he's great. Well, it's so weird because Gross actually recruited the wing pretty well. Like, DJ Williams, we thought, could be that kind of player, yeah. maybe. And then all of a sudden, they couldn't recruit guard. Now they can recruit the heck out of guards and posts, and now they need the wing. Uh, but Tevian Jones got, obviously, that opportunity to do that. Um, who's an underrated guy in 2021? Maybe not on your top five list that we need to pay attention to. Mm, still got to pay attention to Tevin Smith from yeah. Danville, who's not playing this spring because of an injury. 
But as far as watching his highlight tape from this past season at Danville and just talking to people around, I, I've seen him live. Yeah, He's, me too. He's Caleb, impressive. Caleb Griffin's announcement was at his game. Yeah. That was great. I love that Danville team. Uh, the kid that went to Colorado State, I really like that. Kendall Moore. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was really good. Uh, but fucking jump. I mean, yeah, he's only about six two. Like I say, only, and I'm five nine. But if he were six foot five, I think he'd be a no doubt. He's getting taller though. He's yeah. getting taller. He's up to about six four now, is what I heard. And he he's added more to his jump shot too. He's not just an athlete anymore too. That's kind of the big thing. If he adds that three, yeah. and that becomes a consistent part of his game, he's really good. I watched him live once earlier this year. First play of the game, backdoor lob off of an inbounds play, and just just destroys the rim at six three. And he's a sophomore. The question is why Illinois hasn't offered yet. But do you think that's a question? Like, do you think they should have? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, Oregon's already in there with an offer. I, I get it. Look, Luke Goody just visited Illinois yesterday, being Tuesday from Indiana, and Illinois is in there with an offer. Maryland's in there with an offer. Indiana, the home state program, where I think he probably would like to go, hasn't offered yet. So it I think commit right away. Probably yeah, have. Tevin Smith is less than an hour down the road i think maybe you can afford to wait a little bit longer but there's a there's kind of that period there where they kind of get turned off by the fact that you're yeah. slow playing them and missing the spring obviously Illinois probably want to evaluate yeah. them there all right uh ryan kalkbrenner just visited trinity catholic kid uh you got your crystal ball picking for him why didn't he commit Derek? <laughs> because it's june <laughs> and a lot of players i know that you're gonna look back Ohio, it would have been great for him to get on board early. It's just not how things are done that often. Uh, I know Ohio State had it last year. It's so weird to me. When I started covering recruiting, guys were committing as sophomores. Yeah. Now they're all committing maybe even spring of their senior year. I think that's way smarter of that's them. That's trending. Smart, but yeah. it has changed so much, Derek. It really has. And I don't blame players for doing that and wanting to check out their options. And he's going to take a official visit to Stanford this upcoming week. Who doesn't want to go out and check out Stanford? Even if he did have in his mind, you know, I probably want to go to Illinois. I want to be around my guys from Trinity Catholic. And I like the opportunity to Illinois. And Brad Under was first to offer me and all of that. Go through the process. I understand there is value for Illinois as far as <laughs> yes. this is the, the guy to start and then to recruit Adam Miller and recruit some other players to join up with him. But for as far as Ryan goes, even if they get this done in August, they can still kind of play into that, and that's that's the where it is right now. I think Illinois has done everything right. I, I think that he likes Illinois a ton, and I, I still feel good about my crystal ball. It just it doesn't happen in June for for everybody. It's amazing to how much that front court will change in a couple. Like how it how we'll view it could change if you get Kalkbrenner on board. You still have Georgia. You still have Kofi, who threw down some rim shattering dunks basically <laughs> that we saw some videos literally of. like those are those are three bigs you love and i still like samba kane i still think he has a roll of the dice upside there where mm-hmm. he could become a shot blocker for you a rim runner at best just figure it out like that all of a sudden your your front court might be a strength and then that was not the case you know a year ago at this time yeah. other visits coming up derek this month still expect adam miller to visit DJ Stewart, they're working on that one. He says that he wants to come to Illinois. He wants to visit. They've been working on that one for a while. They have. <laughs> they want to visit. He wants to visit Louisville. He wants to visit Indiana. Uh, they also want to bring down Marcus Watson. Yeah. Marcus Watson says he's going to come. So there, there are a couple of those. Coleman Hawkins, who just took an official visit to Rutgers. He's from out on the West Coast. There are going to be a couple more. And I'm sure there's going to be especially uh, a handful of 2021s, maybe even 2022s. 
All right, Illinois football had some visitors over the weekend. The 7-on-7 camp got rained out. That was a real big bummer for them. Not even rained out. It was storming here. Uh, And they would have gotten so many great players out here on campus. But I'll give kudos to the staff. They still got some good players here. Noah Rinze visited again, and I think they're sitting really well with him, though he's got a great offer list. Joe Moore came here again. Mookie Cooper came here again. Uh, And then you get a guy, Antonio Johnson a week after committing to Tennessee, comes here, talks to me. Mookie didn't want to talk. I get it. He, he doesn't really probably have anything to say till December. But Antonio talked to me, and it sounds like Illinois still got a really decent chance of, of flipping him there. And you know what I think of him. That still turned into an impressive weekend of getting some of those kids. Sam Jackson, the quarterback yes. commit out of Minnesota, got a 2021 story on him kid. Out soon. Yeah, and I think they got a really good chance there. So I still think it was a pretty encouraging weekend of, of visitors, even if you wish you had gotten all of Trinity Catholic. You would have gotten right. all of East St. Louis and Cardinal Ritter. Joe Moore is another guy that was up here too for another visit. So yeah, the, I think Illinois did well there. Antonio Johnson was the big one for me. And we talk about this class of 2020 and, and you know, everybody's an enamored with Mookie Cooper and A.J. Henning. I get that. But defensive back is a big, big need in this class. You've got to add some playmakers there, and Antonio Johnson can do that. And to get him after that honeymoon in Tennessee, that honeymoon high, now you got him back down to reality. You get him back in front of Lovey Smith. You get him with Corey Patterson again. family was here. Yeah, that, that says a lot. That says a lot. So I think Illinois still has a great shot there. Obviously, Mookie here again. It, it's amazing. You see Mookie come into the building surrounded with, by Shimon Cooper, surrounded by Isaiah Williams. He doesn't look like a recruit visiting because he's not. He's been here so many yeah. times. He looks extremely, extremely comfortable. Uh, and Illinois is not going to pressure him here. I, I've, I've seen some people say that. They are not going to pre- like Corey Patterson knows these kids. And from what I've heard... Mookie, when you try to say, hey, jump on board, jump on, like he doesn't react well to that. I think he's gotten pushed before, and that hasn't worked with even maybe a Texas that wanted him to jump on board right away. He's going to take his visits. I think it's best for Illinois if he takes his visits to USC, to Miami this summer. Gets those out of the way. Illinois produces on the field. They get him up here in December, and they can close the deal because the relationship here is so strong. And I think I think if they show make a bowl game this year, I still think they're the they're the lead dogs. Why I haven't changed my crystal ball pick on Mookie. Honestly, all you got to do is not go four and eight and lose sixty three nothing at home. That's kind of where you're at. And if, if you, Trayvon Sidney has a good year, sure. And you, you go look, Mookie, Trayvon's good. You he doesn't have your speed. No, right. And I mean, and you go five and seven, and you're competitive. You're you're in a great chance to get him, and you're in great chance to make this class of 2020 look pretty good. So kudos to the staff. So even though it wasn't everything they wanted with that with that yeah. weekend, it still ended up being pretty solid. They did give an offer out to Caleb Taylor, which was a guy that we looked at was pretty good. Impressive kid, raw, but uh, six four two forty. He's got Bobby Roundtree shoulders and arms, yeah. right? He's just chiseled Athletic. and jacked. And then Johari Branch too is another. Johari one. Branch hasn't gotten an offer, but a JUCO offensive right. lineman that was really good. I mean, you could tell like he was not 18 years old like you could tell but he was he was really good and it's a kid that out of Chicago started games at Eastern Illinois if if all the grades and academics work out Illinois seemed impressed enough to he would get an offer and to me fits great with Richie Pettibon leaving you'd have him for two years you'd have more depth at that position I think it'd make a lot of sense we were talking when we saw him. We were like, what, who's the like recent Juco guys you took a chance on? And who was the guy a couple years ago that we were talking about? Uh, oh, Jordan Fagan, yeah, Jordan Dallas Fagan. Hinkhouse. This isn't a Jordan Fagan type of scenario here. This is a guy that can come in and play on your interior right away and 
be a, a legitimate piece here. Yeah. And you need a couple more bridges because you got some youngsters on that offensive line that you like in Keevan Myers. You like Jordan Slaughter still. You like their upside. Virtus. Yeah, I love Virtus, of course. But they might need some time. And let's be honest here. The class of 2019 was very disappointing offensive line recruiting-wise. And so is this one so far. And so is this one. So you need some pieces to cover up those gaps because – Alex Walchesky is going to leave in two years. Yeah. Vidarian Lowe is going to be gone in two years. Doug Kramer is going to be gone in two years. And you got to take advantage of those and be ready to go when they're gone. All right, let's move on. NBA draft. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, so it's tomorrow, Thursday. And no line would be picked. No um, line being picked. Which, by the way, we got to give condolences to Aaron Jordan. Yes. Um, yep. Just devastating news. I, I, I talked with Rob a couple years ago. Um, I, I see, you see Rob Jordan all the time, but if you haven't heard, he passed away over the weekend, just the day before Father's Day, and uh, he was always there. He was there when I was there in Maui. He was there at every road trip. Derek, you went down to Florida. He was down in Florida. Yep. They were there at every trip, and I could just tell he was a great father, um, and, and you could tell he raised a great kid, uh, and now a young man in Aaron Jordan who's going to be a grad assistant for Illinois, so just devastating news and just our thoughts and, and prayers with Aaron. Absolutely. It's tragic. Aaron's a great guy. And getting to know him over the years playing in Illinois, and it, it's all beyond basketball at this point. But the fact that he, you, you said it, his, his dad was everywhere supporting him, being there for him, uh, was always you know filming stuff of him up in high, in high school and, and putting it out on Twitter for people to see. And uh, he had Aaron's back. And, and you know, the line of family is going to have Aaron's back going mm-hmm. forward. Uh, it'll be good for him to be around this team and everything. But you can't replace without family. without that support like a lot of other kids would have just given up transferred whatever it is mm-hmm. without rob there sure i don't think aaron has the success he had the last couple of years and that's fair right the the personal success and he just overcame all that so um i was glad rob got to see that because you could tell he was really really proud uh but the nba draft is uh tomorrow thursday so the question is, I owe, and we're not talking about whether he gets drafted or where he gets drafted, which is a great thing for Illinois. Um, if Iowa were in this draft, I'm springing this question on which, what order Big Ten would he have gone? Would it be the third, fourth guy drafted in the Big Ten? Because, I Still mean. Still behind Romeo. Yeah, Romeo's probably going top 20, mm-hmm. I think. 15. Who goes, who goes higher, Romeo or Bruno? Romeo. I don't Prob- think I don't think Indiana did Romeo any favors. I don't. His stock didn't rise at all. So in the last couple things I've been looking at, Romeo they have Romeo to number twenty one, mm-hmm. um, and they have they have Bruno number forty. So they have hmm. Romeo Langford. Is that ESPN? No, this is the Athletic. Uh, Sam Vicente. Okay. NBA Draft has Orlando taking him at sixteen, Romeo and Bruno going nineteen. Vicente's a little low on uh, on Bruno. Yeah, I think it should be closer than I that. I think ESPN is kind of lower on Bruno. They have him like late first yeah. round. I think he'll be a, a solid NBA big. Carson I, Edwards? Would you go Carson? I personally, this year, would have taken Carson Edwards over Iowa. Because I think Carson can play the bench, come off the bench like Fred Van Vliet mm-hmm. kind of role. Yeah. I don't know if Io is quite there yet. To where I can say that. Do the, the Chicago floor. Bulls, Nate Robinson, just come in and yes, score? Yeah. Like that kind of guy. I tell you what, if, if I was in this draft, I could see him and Taylor Horton Tucker being picked very <laughs> similarly, right? Like, that's the thing. You see Taylor Horton Tucker's probably like that Bulls at the 38. We see a lot of that with Taylor Horton Tucker. He slipped, man. I know. But you could yeah. see, At least according to these experts. Yeah. You could see Iowa at like that 35 range. That'd be so funny if Iowa was 37 and Taylor was 38. That'd be that'd be cool. <laughs> what team has two second-round picks if they took both of them? Boy, they, oh, the NBA draft on that has Horton Tucker 60. 
to the Kings. Wow. He has mm. fallen off a cliff because he was 21, 22, 23 at times. Well, all right. During the season, ESPN had both of those guys in the 20s. Let's, yeah. let's be honest here. I mean, we heard rumblings of, you know, Io, did he want to play with Taylor? That there were issues there. You kind of heard it at Iowa State late this year. Was uh-huh. there like, can he play with other people? So I'm wondering if that's what's coming up here. I don't know. Yeah. I do think he had more to prove because I think he and Io trended differently where yes. it was November, December, and Taylor's like, eh, that looks like maybe he's the better player. And then it was Io that skyrocketed from January, February, and, and Taylor tailed off there a little bit. Uh, maybe it's just unproven. I, I don't know. If he catches on with one team, has a good summer league, I, I don't think it matters really where he gets drafted. But, so long. Yeah. Right? Like, that's like he's six foot and three, skill. but he's long skilled. And skilled. Like, I, I think he's a high upside guy. Like, the upside for him is higher than Io, in my opinion. But I think Io, I can sit there, count on him. In my, I want him in my organization. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I feel about Io. I agree. All right, so would we have him four behind Carson, or would you take Io? Yeah, after this year, I, I think Carson, what he did, especially at the end of the NCAA tournament, that's kind of going to – Io, there's still more unproven there. Right. Roby? No, I'd I'd take I take Io over Roby. Yeah, I would too. What is Roby doing in the draft? I don't know. I mean, he doesn't want to – be last or 13th with North Nebraska this yeah, year. Yeah, I just want to be really bad on a bad team. <laughs> He'll go to the Kings. That makes a perfect sense for them to take a flyer on him. If you had to gamble, is Iowa lottery pick next year, Derek? What would you say, yes or no? I'd say yes. You too. I'd say no. I'm going I'm, I'm okay. to be that guy. All right. Uh, I, think, I think he'll solidify himself as a first-round pick. I just don't know if the ceiling is there. I don't know if he can – because you see the guards that the NBA wants. Um whether it's Darius Garland now rising up boards, Trey Young, it's guys who can create off the bounce and create their own shot. I haven't seen that from Io yet. That's the big thing this offseason. So he could change my mind. Yep. I just don't know if he's that player. I think he's more the, I don't want to say this because he's a better shooter. Um, I don't know if he's, he's quite vision in defense yet, but Lonzo Ballish, right? Rajon Rondo is just kind of that kind of player. So you don't have him going before Lamelo Lamelo Ball next year? I would take him yes over a ball. <laughs> yes, I would. But yeah, I, I think. No, what, I, what do you think he's got to show? I think it's definitely off the dribble game. It's the middle, the mid range. As far as he was a great spot up shooter last year, which mm-hmm. was something that was a huge question mark coming into his collegiate career. Uh, I, off the catch, he was in the top eighty to ninety percent of college basketball. Uh, you know, in that top, actually top 10%. But the pull-up jumper, the the floater, also I think his assist numbers need to go up a little bit more. And then impactful defensively as far as consistency. I think he's shown flashes of he can be disruptive in passing lanes, on-ball defense, but it has to be a little more consistent throughout the span of the season. I can guard the best player on the other team on the perimeter. I think that defense is what could separate him. Mm-hmm. Or it just will really help him raise up the board because I have no question about his vision, all those passing, all those things. To me, yes, off the bounce and defense, can he be elite? Because I think that's what could really make him a lot of money. A guy that I think is a, a close comp for him is Nikhil Alexander Walker from Virginia Tech, and he's getting some comps between 12 and 20 so far in this yeah. draft. I think that's the type of player that he had. And you look at what Walker did for Virginia Tech last year 16 points a game. He got you three rebounds or four rebounds a game and four assists, shot 37% from three. If Io goes out and does that as a sophomore, that's the range we're in, right? That's a 12 to 20 type of player. Uh, you see, you see some comps with those drafts 
next year of uh, him and Nico Mannion are together in the top ten. Right, Mannion's at like eight, and Io's at nine. NBA draft draft on that. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have him at nine, but I could yeah. see him being a 13, 14, 15 type of guy. Yeah. And if 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 Nikhil Alexander Walker has a good draft right now and goes twelve, that's a really good mm-hmm. bar for Io next year. Yes, he gets stronger. That's yes. one, obviously. Yeah, he has to finish through contact a little bit better. Uh, I think those are two main keys. And then playing in the half court, we know he's electric in transition, but as far as creating things in the half court pick and roll game, that's something he needs to show. I, I, I probably sound like a hater. I, I think he's really good. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome that Illinois has a guy that I think is definitely going first round next year. It's been a long time. It's been, it's been, been like, a really we didn't even think Myers time. was going to be a right. first round pick at that time. So the last one was Darren was kind of mentioned, but not even him. Like Brian Cook was probably the last guy you knew mm-hmm. was probably going to be a first round pick the year he left. If I look at Io in the NBA, I. I have a hard time seeing him being a point guard at the NBA level. I, for some reason, I think he can still be a combo. I think you'll still see some teams that only want him as a combo. Do you think he has enough in his game to be able to play the two at that level? Yeah. I mean, maybe not a pure two. He's always mm-hmm. going to be more in that combo role. But he still needs to be able to create off the bounce. That, that's really a big key as far as getting your own shot. And then, yeah, defending, because there are a lot of really good scoring guards that are the two. Can he defend a Zach Levine? Explosiveness is something that he needs to add, to. I think the strength in his legs, it all goes back to strength, but Io needs yeah. to get a little bit more explosive. Is he the highest drafted Big Ten player next year? It's either him or Jalen Smith, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would think so. Um, Aaron Wiggins mentioned? Yeah. I don't know about that yeah it, it, and Cassius Winston's not the NBA guy he's the second he's the top of the second round guy that you take because he's mm-hmm. a winner right yeah um Xavier Tillman's not that guy no could Aaron Henry blow up after I mean, he's a guy that could probably take off next year but I think it's probably Jalen Smith and Jalen Smith is really intriguing to me see I think I think I will be too I, I like Smith a lot. I think his modern NBA. I mean, you think of, look at a big in the NBA. That's Jalen Smith. He mm-hmm. was destined for the NBA. Unlike Bruno, he can shoot the heck out of the ball. Right, right. Yeah. Space the floor. Probably. Both guys in the lottery next year. Then probably. It's intriguing. He's yeah. a good shot blocker too. Like he's a great defender. Eventually. I just think back to the LSU game. Him. Nazri, Bruno Fernando, I'll be on the court at the same time. It was Tremont Waters, too. It was so fun. That well, game was so fun. And hey, Illinois has a guy that kind of looks like that now. True. And Kofi Gockburn, uh, which was one of the best parts of Whitman's 30-minute introductory statement of his media roundtable that went about an hour and 20. Uh, he said, Kofi, man, he's big. And Whitman's a big man, six foot five, former NFL tight end. And he talked about how they've asked Whitman, hey, can we get an extra stanchion <laughs> for the basketball rims at uh, Ubbin just because we think we might lose one. And yeah. Whitman said, I think it'd be pretty cool if we had to replace it. <laughs> so you have one of those guys. Uh, will we be talking about NBA draft with Kofi Cockburn next year? Uh, he will probably have the opportunity to, if he wants to, I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to go to the Combine. And if he has a really good year, could probably get an invite. Maybe a second round pick. We've seen players out of the Big Ten, whether it's Diamond Stone or Devontae Davis, Deontay Davis, go a little bit too early as far as leaving, and then they get picked in the second round. The question, of course, a lot of fans have already brought this up, and we've talked about it before, is fitting into the modern NBA. How how does he fit? Can he space the floor? Can he guard when you're facing a small ball five or a a five that can put the ball on the floor? Uh, Maybe a little bit, but I, I think my expectations right now is for him to play two years in Illinois.
I do too. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see it. I, I see him taking an Iowa approach. You're going to be in the conversations, and then he decides, okay, I think it's best for me if I come back for that software. I, I just see it. I, also, I think the body here is a big thing that we need to talk about too, with how is his body going to transform and change and evolve and grow over the next couple of years? Because I think that you'll you'll see Adam Fletcher trim him down to what, 280? 275 like what does that look like in a couple years i'm looking at nbadraft.net and the centers aren't that highly ranked here but i'm looking at their center rankings and bruno fernando is a fantastic defender right he's kind of the rim runner big the clint capella kind of guy right yep jackson hayes has a really high ceiling bear type of now yeah he could he could have a low floor but the upside of the athleticism the feet he moves quick and he's got a jump shot um Bull Bull, we know, is yeah. kind of crazy. Like a guard. Yeah, crazy upside with, with his skill set. Those are the kind of bigs. I mean, Naz Reed, who looks like Kofi, 6'10", 255, is the seventh-ranked center in a bubble first-rounder after his, what, freshman year. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be concerned about Kofi. He's going to be able to develop a mid-range jumper, and even if he extends out to the three-point line after a year or two or whatever it may take, uh, I, that wouldn't surprise me. It's the de- it's the defense yes. as far as being able to stay in front, lateral quickness. Everything I've heard right now and feedback, even in the first week or so since he's been on campus, is that dude can go north and south. Like it's all about conditioning. How long can he stay on the court? But when he's trying lateral. to stay in front, lateral quickness in front of the ball, you know, ball screen defense, hedging uh, a quick five. You know, if he's going up against Georgie and Georgie has the ball on the perimeter. That's scary for mm-hmm. Georgia to be able to go by him. So north and south is fine, but laterally, how long does that take to get him up to a level where NBA is like, okay, he can play in this game? All right, guys, we'll make our Illini basketball lineups in a later episode. Okay, Sounds good. Uh, we got we to wrap this up. We're approaching an hour here. Let's do our Illini of the week to wrap this up. I will give it to Derek Piper to start this. I'm going with Roger Powell, and this is going to stir up some talk on the message board again <laughs> of when is Roger Powell going to coach at Illinois? Well, now I, I think it's pretty safe to say he won't be here as an assistant yes you know maybe down the line as a head coach but uh man getting announced against Zaga this has been in the works for a while uh now official was at Vanderbilt with Bryce Drew great landing spot I don't know if you could pick five that are better than Gonzaga with Mark Few which like that's is such a good job I mean one learn with Few Mm -hmm. their recruiting strategy is less stressful than any other coaches in the country uh and you know he's not getting fired yeah, exactly. Just so like much stability. It's such a good spot. And you're going to be a top 10 team probably every year. And their recruiting has been insane recently. Actually, now that they're just they're not just under the radar or overseas, they're pulling in. I, I don't know where exactly they were in 2019. I think 2020, they might even have the top class right now. It's... It's a great, great spot. Plus, I mean, if Drew Timmy's going there. They got a lot of right, good but pieces. I'm, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Like, plus, if you're Roger, think about the talent you get to coach. Right? Mm-hmm. If you had been on the staff this year, you get to coach Brandon Clark, Rui Hachimura, and Killian Tilly. Well, now you get to coach Tilly again, right? He'll be back, and then you have Drew Timmy, and just keep reloading over and over and over again. Roger probably could have been the Valpo head coach, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but he decided to go with Bryce Drew, and he made probably more money as an assistant there, and. Bryce Drew seemed like he was really on the rise there. And then Darius Garland gets hurt, and look what happens. Um, 
But I think he set himself up so well. Where a couple years with Mark Few, you learn from him how that culture works. Obviously, Rogers been around some good coaches um, in his time. Bill Self, Bruce Weber, who's had success whether you liked him here at Illinois or not, uh, and and Bryce Drew has had success. Now you get to learn from one of the best in the business. I think he set himself up to be a pretty dang good head coaching candidate in a couple years. Yeah, that's going to be next. And but this shows how much he's respected in the coaching community because that Vanderbilt team was horrible. I know they had some injuries, but it's not usual where you have a team in a Power 5 conference. Did they win an SEC game? No, 0-18. 0-18, and he lands at Gonzaga as an assistant. That's so pretty impressive. They could pull from anywhere, and then they got Roger, and as you mentioned, with Self and Weber, he's got a great track record. Isaac, who you got a line of the week? Mine's Carly Thomas. She was one of the best Illinois softball players in the history of Illinois softball, leader in all-time doubles throughout her career, and she is actually trying out for the Mexico team to be able to play in the Olympics. So good luck awesome. to her So to get that done. If she is able to do that, she'd be able to play in the Olympics at high stage. Uh, my line of the week is a coach. I'm going Austin Clark. I love that. Illinois defensive line coach. Uh, last week, got Quentin McCoy uh, to to, give, to commit to Illinois. Three-star kid out of Florida that we just got ranked and rated on 24-7 sports. I really liked that evaluation. Uh, it was a good, good job to get in on that one, close, and win a Power 5 battle. He's recruited the defensive line really, really well. Uh, whether that's Keith Randolph, a Power 5 battle. Moses Akpala, Power 5 battle. Um, Seth Coleman turned into one. And look at what evaluation that was. So I think Mike Fair is really difficult to replace. Austin Clark is an unproven coach right now. But the players love him. Recruits love him. And oh, he helped land Wally Batiku, Trayvon Sidney, and this week, Josh Bebe. So he's definitely helped Illinois upgrade his talent. As a Number two recruiter on the staff. That's what I Corey put Patterson. right now. That's yeah. Yeah. See, I disagree. I, feel, I still think Rod Smith is the ultimate closer yeah. on this team. That yeah. I love him. I, I had Smith down because it's like he's the lead recruiter. But we right. give too much credit for lead recruiters probably anyway. But it's going to be hard to knock off Corey Patterson. i, I got to admit, Corey, Corey and, and Austin have set a really high bar for these new hires, right? And like Mike Bellamy is pretty good. Yeah. Keenan Hudson has to really ramp these things up. So McClain. it's an, it, well, and also Miles. Boy, Miles Smith has <laughs> yeah. to kind of do stuff. There. Wasn't that high on my list, but not he's got, really. He's got time. Where's his pipeline? We got the Trinity Catholic. It'll pipeline, be in Houston. USC pipeline. That, he says Houston. Told, That's what he said. Uh, Miles Houston Smith pipeline. beat writer Isaac exactly. Trotter. Yeah, exactly. Spent so much time with him throughout <laughs> spring ball. Talked about three times, and he's convinced that Houston's going to be his place. All right. All right. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, that was a lot of fun. If, if you uh, are not subscribed yet, go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to our podcast. Hopefully we do this weekly. I don't know who's going to do it next week. Maybe you guys will just take over yet again. But I uh, had a lot of fun. Again, subscribe to us there. Read our stuff. Alana Inquirer, definitely subscribe. We had a lot of good stuff uh, this week with what it means, breaking down all these guys. Derek with some information on the basketball recruits and all the football visitors that were here. Uh, give us a try. You can have a seven-day free trial. Just go to AlanaInquirer.com. We'll talk to you next time on the Alana Inquirer podcast.